You know what they say, nothing happens until someone sells something. But here in the tech world, I think it's more accurate to say nothing happens until someone starts using the thing that someone sold. So today we look at the importance of adoption and why sometimes it doesn't happen. An industry under pressure, innovation in its finest hour. This is the Oil & Gas Technology Podcast, where sharp minds reveal the brilliance and sheer determination turning great ideas into new realities. Hear about how it happens in real life with your host, Michael O'Sullivan. The views of the host are expressly his own and should not be construed as the views of any other corporation, consortium, governing body, or interplanetary federation. Hey everybody, welcome back to another enchanting episode of the Oil & Gas Tech Podcast. Here, I'm here with my guest at the fabulous Cannon on the west side of Houston where it is a bright, sunshiny 76 degrees. And I think we were just talking about how the weather is fantastic. That's like in the mid-20s or something for our metric friends. And we got some light winds. We got none of that famous Houston humidity. And it's a great day for having school outside, although we are inside, but hopefully we'll be, we'll be outside soon enjoying the weather. I'm here with my friend Amode from Wipro, but before we get to that, as usual, I always have to ask for folks to please give us some reviews. We need reviews on the podcast platforms because it's how we find out whether we're doing a good job and whether you like it. And so give us a good review, give us a bad review. If you give us a bad review, tell us what you don't like, and that helps us get better. Or if you do like it, leave a good review so other people will find out that this is something that is good to listen to. Also, quick shout out to our sponsor, Cognite, and I will say more about them later toward the end. So without further ado, which I'm sometimes prone to, but in the interest of moving right into it, I'm here with Amod Mandrakar. Did I get it right? Yes. I'm, I'm practicing. You're going to, you're going I've known Amod for a long time and I'm just now learning how to say his last name. So a little bit, just real quick, who are you and what do you do and who are people listening to? So I've been with, you know, in IT for around, you know, 21 years plus now trying to explore things and learn things as we all are. And, you know, my background is infrastructure, primarily into fiber channel networking, you know, all those good protocols from Brocade back in the days. And yeah. Wow. I haven't heard that. Anybody talk about that for a while. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I started, you know, following Kumar Malavali, you know, who was the right. father of fiber, fiber channel land. And, yeah. you know, yeah. back then, you know, the biggest thing which I knew about, you know, the valley. Mm -hmm, and, mm -hmm. and then, you know, graduated myself onto, you know, learning onto different tech stuffs, you know, worked with IBM, worked with Wipro and, you know, trying to do this whole customer evolution journey, you know, for last yeah. 10 years in the oil and gas space. And, and you know, right. every five years and four years, we have different cycles and you bet on it, right? Yeah, no, it's, <laughs> there's no question. Very much so. Yeah. So I was doing a little bit of homework on you and I did notice that you do have in school, you it was mechanical engineering, right? Mechanical engineering degree. Did you ever use any of the mechanics? Like, was how, what, what happened to the mechanical I'll, I'll, engineering? I'll tell you an interesting story, okay? You know, I was a mechanical engineer when I started, and I, I was fascinated about automobiles. Okay. And, and I'm still in, yeah, you know? Okay. So, you know, I always try to be on the early adopter range of, of whatever tech comes, you know? Got you, right. But, I saw you drive up in the Tesla. Where the I don't know. I have a, but I have a Volvo, which is, you know, oh, okay. which, is, which is Tesla on gas. Yeah. <laughs> Because, you know, I have to be true to my oil and gas clients, you right? Do. So, you know, yeah. I, I still use something. That was something. a test. You just passed it. I tried to slip that one by you. but you, So, you I use something that. which is still there, yeah. but it is Tesla on gas, like right, I say, right, you know, right. but yeah. 
so what i have seen you know all across you know that i tried to run away from this whole mechanical engineering stuff mm-hmm. you know that you know it is jazzy it is you know trendy and all of those things but here i am you know back in oil and gas where you know it's been a pseudo manufacturing and asset centric industry where trust me if i wouldn't have been a mechanical engineer i would have never understood you know the compressors and you know the sure. the techs which we are talking currently in machineries you know the rockwells and the fanooks of the world are, are back in my you know nightmares yeah. back again and you know yeah, i see yeah. oh i knew it <laughs> and and that's where you know your job chooses you yeah yeah you don't choose your job <laughs> yeah that it's true you know it is I, so much of what happens in oil and gas is more like manufacturing than anything else. You know, it's just it has it's a absolutely a pseudo manufacturing. Yeah, you know, yeah. I, I, only you know you don't have varied commodities, uh, right? Unlike manufacturing, where you know you have a manufacturing belt where the commodity changes. Right. The commodity is the same, but you have variations and variants of that commodity. You know. Yeah. Interesting. Which which kind of gets us to what we want to talk about today, which is adoption, not like pets or people but but adopting adopting these new innovations that are coming fast and furious at the industry you know we're serious about digital transformation now we're really serious about it and people are creating stuff and people are trying to implement things all in the interest of making this business less risky more predictable to improve to optimize improve the economics and and really do all those things and really change the industry in positive ways and overcome those huge obstacles that I was talking about but in order for that to be successful we have to be able to actually get the new capabilities and the innovations and kind of align them to what the problems are that need to be solved so that the companies can see that value and move forward. So that's an area that you're I know you're very passionate yeah, about, yeah, right? Yeah. So what's the what's the story with that? Why is that so big and difficult to try to do? So Michael I've been, you know, on both sides of the spectrums from where I am looking at it and I've worked with the OEMs who are trying to innovate all of this, you know, good tech Which, mm-hmm. which results into digital transformation and i've been on you know si space you know where there is value added conversations which we have with our customer as and and you know i try and tend to work very closely with them sure. but if you really go back and look at a customer in oil and gas or a user who is trying to deliver something to his customers which are his users maybe, mm-hmm. you know and those can be it those can be business you know and and their objectives are different so the objectives of an individual in oil and gas are changing you know from segment to segment yep. i would not even broadly try to categorize it in in terms of you know the upstream the downstream the midstream and the ofs yes right, they have yeah. different priorities but if i double click on some of these things somebody you know in a subsurface may look at it something very different somebody you know in a reservoir would look at it something different mm-hmm. somebody you know on a production would look at it different somebody you know on ofs would look at it different somebody in abandonment will look at it different and somebody you know at remediation will look at it different right 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 okay, so all of this at the surface you know when you go down and and double click on some of these things everybody has different challenges and everybody has different you know the traditional way how you look at it the people process and technology right technology right. is easier to solve well, you know yeah, people we... and process is a mammoth job and and you know 
while you know whatever we as tech companies and i'll put that myself into the same category because yeah, yeah. we you know sure. you know that we as tech company conceive you know or whiteboard in a lack of better word you know yeah, we, yeah. we put good drawings on you know our ppts and and our drawing boards right but in reality it takes a lot of efforts for some of these clients of mine you know mm-hmm. if if you have to make change you have to go to a technical review board within mm-hmm. the organization itself convince them what you are trying to do and right. convince them that you know you are technically sound then you have to go to a you know leadership board where the technical board has to convince to a leadership board that you know <laughs> this you are doing right. is is there yeah yeah the, then once the technical board and the leadership board get convinced then you have to go to a change approval board where you know because it's going to be a seismic shift you know in terms of right. what you want to do it may not be but it may seemed because of the process which is driven sure. in this sure and you lose time yeah you lose cycle you lose people in that effort yeah meanwhile and the people in the field they don't even remember what you what you yeah, were doing anymore yeah and why do you start it about it right yeah yeah so i had a story where you know i was speaking to one of a geoscientist back you know back in the days you know and he was like you know i need a specific instrument amod you know which will help me you know track some of these things but where the reservoir actually is and those days it was like you know his organization was like a national oil company mm-hmm. and and they said me you know it takes 4 years for me yeah to actually procure that instrument because of the process <laughs> which is right. being laid right and till the time and and he was he was like you know he was he was jolly he was good and he was like the tectonic plate shift and i cannot explain these things to my guys who are doing in procurement <laughs> that i was trying to look at something when it was somewhere which i yeah yeah you know expected it to be right. and now when you are sharing it to me the something below the surface has shifted right the only thing that's longer than geologic time is yeah. is actual i mean 4 years 5 yeah. years is no for acquisition of you know certain specialty instruments it's yeah. like tremendous and that's just one thing i mean you know <laughs> really... but but there are so many like i said you know there, there is this approval process which you have to go through mm-hmm. and this is one change this is not even a massive change right and then there may be a delta of changes every time you happen or every new request you make customers go through this and so, and yeah. you need to give a rational and and you cannot pivot back because their jobs are on stake and these are high level exec they meet maybe you know once in a week or twice in a fortnight you know or something of that yeah, sort yeah, and and, yeah. and make these decisions and it's it's tough on them while you know there is a big beast in the room the white elephant is you know the security guys yeah okay the grc or you know risk right. and yeah, compliance right. board is what they call yeah in yeah. all of this company is like a mafia sitting yeah. out there yeah and you can always i used to say you can always tell when the security guy came in the room and i love the security and and security is i managed a early years web internet team and we were the only ones who understood security so i have a tremendous appreciation for security mm-hmm. but you can always tell and of course our audience can't see but you know the guy that comes in and sits down like this right he's got his arms <laughs> folded he kind of leans back in his chair and he looks up and down the room and he's like All right, whatever it is you're planning to do here, I'm about to stop it. And, <laughs> and 
And so, so all of these, yeah, all of these processes, you know, here in the tech world, we've worked very hard over the last few years, several years, learning to be agile. What does agile mean? Not just in terms of how you manage a project with sprints and backlogs and MVPs, but how to like, like think and work in an agile manner. You know, you get the, the safe framework now. You spend all this time learning to be agile and we need to be agile in order to quickly get the value from these new innovations and you're right and then it all sort of like and then it hits procurement and it hits governance and it hits enterprise architecture and all those things so like what's the answer i mean how does an organization transform so that you can align quickly to the things that you need and and i mean i know that you're out there on the front lines with customers trying to solve these problems so what's the the cure for so, that so you you know, you, you said it right, right? You know, like, you know, I always have draw this parlance from, you know, the IRMC group, or as we call it, you know, Integrated Risk and Security Management, mm -hmm. you know, whatever groups, you know. They work like the cloud, you know, administrative rights and authorities. You mm -hmm. know, it, it's like explicitly no, the first answer. Yes. Everything is right. explicitly denied. Right. After that, it's a, it's it's a like matter a, of minimum privileges which you try and get. It's basically firewall logic, right? Yes. So after that, okay, now come on, tell me, you need this, why you need this, right. and so on and so forth, and we'll try and look into it. Okay, let me see. And then you get into a step out thing. And, and you touched a very good point around the safe part of it, right? So it's a mode of operations. So, you know, while the agile and safe methodologies have tried to structure some mm -hmm. of these conversation in a very meaningful and logical way yeah, yeah. so that the customers benefit in terms of whatever outcome they want to draw from right. their activities and and you know they are not lost in the you know black hole so called you know of of you know overrunning most of the projects so it's a logical step to do that but those safe methodologies are not applied to the non operational part of the business <laughs> right. which is yeah. if i have to create for example an instance, okay, and use it for consumption in a cloud or, or in an on-prem data center world, okay. Right. I would say, you know, as a vendor, now this is a vendor pitch, okay, you just go on to my console, yeah. you know, you put your credit card, yeah. and, you know, or, or your op enterprise credentials, yeah. you give the rights and authority to whoever you want to, you know, yeah. depending on the role, the group, and so on and so forth, map it to your ADs, you know, your right. active directories and give him the access right. and, and poop. it's a pay as you pay as you go. <laughs> yeah, easy. Easy, right? Turn it that's, on, that's, turn it off. That, yeah, right. yeah, 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 yeah. Turn it off, turn it off, pay as you go, whatever, right. you know, per second billing, you know, and, and so on so forth, you know, all those good stuff. But when you go to a customer, it's like, okay, you want to provision an in instance, raise a ticket so that, you know, the digital security officer will come into play <laughs> and right. he will review yeah. a list of bunch of questions as to why do you need it? whether you need it in production, whether you need it in test, whether you need it in development, and then, you know, uh, set an interview or a conversation with him and prove that, you know, why you need it yeah. and give him all the paper and justification as to why you need it. Sure. And then once he gives you an approval with, you know, the bells, whistles and caveats which you, he'll right. give you, right, right. you know, depending on whether the service is internal facing or external facing or, you know, whether the vendor has to use it and, and so on and so forth, depending on the nature of yeah, the workload, yeah, yeah. he will give you those stuff and, and then for, he will yeah. ask you to get some A, B, C and D approvals for that within the system. Yeah. And that takes a month and a half. Yeah. So, so it's not like, you know, 
pay as you go. So it's not or, helping you know, me that I can turn the instance on so in five what seconds. So what what were we trying to do? The yeah. first of all, first thing was we were trying to reduce the procurement time, or the yeah. speed to market, or you know. I have to go to a vendor, place an order, get a server, and come back and situation or a storage or whatever, a tape drive or whatever. Now we are saying we are still taking the same time, but we are on a cloud and a different language. The customer looks at it in a very different way. Yeah, it really, you know, a lot of the things you read when you talk about digital, about well, just when you talk about transformation in the oil and gas industry, all the big like management consulting firms, right? They talk about you know, transforming business models, operating models. I mean, it's it's the whole thing because otherwise you can't. I mean, I remember one time I so so some very large operator that you know is sort of a household name, and maybe you got your your guest there today in your Volvo. I was working for a small company, and we got the deal right. Like you're you're celebrating, we got the deal right, and with this huge company, it was such an accomplishment. And we were a small kind of startup, and so every. Everybody does everything. So now I got to figure out how to invoice them, right? Like I'm the, like, like I have to figure out the invoicing. I'm not, that's not really my background, but I'm going to figure this out. And so I got in touch with the person for the, and they sent me, so I got in my email instructions for how to register and use the invoicing system. It was like a 60 page document, right? That I had to go through just to figure out how to generate that first invoice. And it took like four tries and because I kept doing something wrong and then you have to wait until, right? So like that whole part of the business is, yeah, how do you, I mean, does it have to, do we need to invent new purchasing models and processes or do we need to just find ways to work with the existing ones in a, in a way that makes it like what are, what are you doing with your with your clients how are, how are so you dealing with that there is absolutely you know like we discussed you know all of these things you know when you look at it from a customer lens they are absolutely needed and absolutely right. These necessary. things are there for good reasons. They are it's there not, for good right, reasons. Right. I'm not trying to justify or trying to poke into the fact that, you know, they are unnecessary. They are necessary. But there has to be an element of simplification, which is driven by the culture and also by the leadership, you know, mm-hmm. in there. So the digital yeah. transformation leaders are, are coming more from a business background yeah, right. than from an IT background. And, and operations, so, right? And operations, yeah, yes. yeah. So, really so from the that's, that's a typical trend which I'm seeing with, you know, but then they struggled too because they come into now. So you take somebody who was formerly in charge of, let's say, like sub C engineering, and you go, and then we wave the little magic wand, and presto, you are now in charge of the digital roadmap for sub C engineering, right? And how do they, and they don't, they have great. So the part about how we need to change the operations of the business comes very natural to them. But how to cause computing technology solutions to sort of be conceived and hatched is not natural to them. And they find themselves, at least in my experience, they find themselves in a lot of conversations that they're like, I don't really know what this, like what you guys are talking about. So what's the key for those people to be able to sort of operate in this new in-between world of I'm an operations person, not really an IT person, or I'm an OT person, right? How do you help people who are in that? So what we are trying to do with, you know, some of these people, you know, out there who, who are, are, you know, coming from a domain background is, you know, one, we try to, you know, look at, you know, first, you know, in terms of their comfort and maturity in terms of understanding some of these processes, you know, mm-hmm. and, and more importantly is, you know, working back 
towards what their imperatives are you know look i may be having something you know very technically advanced in my mind but is it really needed and you know we are no more in in the learning cycle of digital transformation they are more into the exploration cycle of the digital transformation from an applicability standpoint so right. they're trying to look at pieces processes segments you know where mm-hmm. you can apply digital transformation to empower and i mean my definition is you know like i always discuss with and I, this is this is what i know from client it is about the empowerment of their users to make their life easy and, and yeah. that users can be you know sitting somewhere you know in the gulf of mexico which is a right. no man's land or you know the eagle ford and baker fields and you know yeah, the patterns yeah. of the world where you know there is only so much they can do and you know their life has to be you know stress free to make it optimal and that's what they are worried about so they are trying to look at the perspective of the users and trying to work backwards right. you know from you know what the users have yep, to say yep. or, and look at and uh, if they only try and work backwards towards the users feedback mm-hmm. this digital transformation story is going to be successful and that's the realization which they have yep, yep. there's no point pushing anything just because you have to push something because the biggest and the best of the techs if it is not getting adopted then you know it's a failure and and like people who try to invoke adoption you know are are something you know something yeah. something who who are successful like you know most of the, most of you know technologies toyota is successful because you know it is adopted mm-hmm. Right. iPhone is successful because it is adopted. It's adopted, right. I mean, it's deja vu all over again because this is why, you know, somebody asked me, I was speaking around an event, a virtual event for the Middle East last week. And it was great. I was I had to be like on camera with my hair and makeup done at like 5 a.m. So, <laughs> or 4.30 actually. And somebody asked me, we're on a panel and somebody, and one of the questions came in and said, why didn't, you know, I gave a little history of kind of how we got to where we are with just in the last, you know, let's say like eight years of to with respect kind of in the, in the context of digital transformation. And one of the things I commented on was that, you know, there were people in the oil and gas industry were resistant to it prior to a certain time. And the question came in from the panel, why? Why did people resist this, right? And it's because in the last IT boom, late 90s, you know, and into the early 2000s, which I remember well, there was all this money spent, right? There was all these new innovations and all this money spent and a lot of stuff never got adopted. That was where we, that was where the term shelfware originated, right? And all the data warehouses that never were and all the, right, all the things that didn't. And, and so, so that makes people that lack of adoption and of actual usefulness is what made people hesitant I think, you know, you come around, you know, eight years later, whatever it is, and now people start talking about digital transformation and they're like, hang on, I see, I've seen this movie before, right? There's all this cool new stuff and we spend a bunch of money on it and then it just sits there and it doesn't do anything. I think we're kind of up against the time here. I think if we keep talking, people might stop listening. So obviously we could talk about some of this stuff all day. What most of you don't know is Moda and I'll probably sit here for another hour and keep talking about this stuff. Yeah, yeah, um, but we want to let the audience get off to whatever it is that audiences do. And I just want to mention a couple of things. Thanks for coming in and it's nice to see people in person. And I mean, more than delighted. I think, you know, I wouldn't have got a better opportunity to have this conversation and maybe, you know, 
might have gone overboard for the users. Yeah, because, you, know, you know, being, being you know, <laughs> we've been passionate about what we talk. Yes, but uh, yeah. But having said that, at the end of the day, it is all about you know the users. It is and the, it you is, know. Yeah. Right. The ease and the simplification and and it all ties back to you know the whole adoption theory which which we think which about, is which know, is key right here, which is key so good and last the last words which I would say is that you know the times in which we are and and the shift is changing you know making you know more and more move from you know the central IT to you know the peripheries or the edge assets yes, the, yeah, yeah. all the intelligent stuff which is AI ML and all and again you know. there is still a lot work which needs to be done in those areas of the new tech or i would say the energy tech mm-hmm. stuff where we need to have some of these processes of simplification in place right so that you know the ai the edge the iot the cognitive services yeah you know all of this gets adopted fast towards what we want to do you know from a saas pass as perspective whatever the way, right, in right, a, whichever right. way the user want to consume it yep if we don't learn from what we have faced as difficulties in the cloud world mm-hmm. to simplify you know the edge and, right. and iot world you know or, or the machine learning world then we will be stuck in you know similar cycles of you know yeah. uh, you know yeah. loops and and you know longer cycles of adoption again right and same thing all over again so that very good good stuff all right so thank you thanks so much appreciate pleasure, you pleasure pleasure always here. mike we're going to get back out there in the in the good weather and just a couple of more things before we wrap up i want to thank our sponsor Cognite, who is also doing their part to make things simpler, particularly when it comes to industrial data. So check out Cognite and the great things that they're doing. We appreciate them being there with their financial support. Also, I want to mention the street team, the OGGN street team, which is being led on a fearless charge by the very brave and noble Warren Spiewak. from the oil and gas global network. Warren's doing great things with the team. There's a LinkedIn group, check it out if you want to get involved. Also, check out you connect with OGGN on our LinkedIn group and you can check out our new fantastic oggn.com website which was just newly reimagined by our friends at Midnight Marketing. So that's it for today. Last final thought, I've been saying this for a little while now, but you know when your friends make those jokes about how oil and gas is kind of behind the times with new technology just make sure that you tell them that we were tech before tech was cool and here are the events on deck. Hey everybody, it's Savannah from OGGN and here are the events on deck for March 2021. This month we only have 3 events, but if you'd like the full list, you can click the link in the show notes to sign up for our events newsletter. We send it out every month and it includes more info about the events I talk about here. We even include events that occur 2 months ahead of time, so if you're interested in always staying in the loop about oil and gas events, make sure to check that out. First up we have our two in-person events, our OGGN Here and Now live event on March 4th at Churrasco's in the Memorial area of Houston, Texas, and the Texas Wildcatters Open at Black Horse Golf Club in Cypress, Texas. Next up we have our three online events. Sarah Week from March 1st to 5th, Transformathon from March 1st to 7th, and the Tamu SBE Career Enhancement event on March 26th. Other than these events, OGGN may be hosting some more live streams this month, so make sure to check out our Facebook, LinkedIn, or our website for more information about any of the live streams we have coming up. If you have any questions about the events or any of our shows, make sure to reach out to me through my email in the show notes. That's all for March. I hope you guys have a great month and thanks for tuning in. Check us out next week for another entertaining and yet useful episode of Oil and Gas Tech Podcast, a production of the Oil and Gas Global Network. Learn more at oggn.com.